This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. This is Writing Excuses, Season 7, Episode 16, continuing with Mary's Outline. Maybe more than 15 minutes long. Maybe, probably more than 15 <laughs> minutes long. Sorry so, about being in a hurry. I guess you guys, we're, we're not that, you're not in that much of a hurry today. But um, what we're going to dig right into this and just keep going. Um, I think we, you're going to start with 9 and 10. Yes. As they approach the palace, the demon's minions fly out to meet them. Pachia can't hold off so many. Wakung can't help because of the children on his staff. The demonettes strike hard. Both children fall, and the monkey king shouts for Pachia to, and just barely catches Marie. They tumble through the trees. Wakung twists to have Marie land on top of him, but he's knocked out. Chapter 10. Kennedy fell the other way, and the demon catches him. Mei Gao is on the demon's back. The demon takes him to the palace to the bone demon, and the bone demon gets the scroll of his parents and the baby. They meet the princess. Okay, just some reminders here, all right? Pachia is the, the pig-headed person. Yep. Um, Wukong is the monkey king. Mm-hmm. Our two children, I should have said this before, but are Marie and Kennedy. Um, and um, Miguel is Miguel is a cat. Yep. Um, and these children have entered a mystical world through, um, through a portal in an elevator. They are trying to get home. Um, and they are fighting against the bone demon. But before they can get home, yes. they, need to, the, they need to contend with the bone demon, yes. right? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So right here we have, um, we have some action, and this is, this is fun action. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, what red, red flags are we seeing in this outline? Right well, here? first of all, it's nice that the kids get separated here. Yeah. I like that. Um, I also like the fact that uh, this is the moment at which the, the children's inaction has caused problems. We've talked, we talked about a lot last week about how the children weren't really doing anything. They weren't really contributing to the plot. This is the chapter where their lack of contribution hurts. Yeah. And I think, actually, we might want to have this come a little earlier, depending on how long the book is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm still worried about how inactive the characters are, but this could be a moment of decision. This could be you know, the moment that takes us from the end of Act 2 to Act 3. Mm-hmm. Um, at at risk of diverging wildly from whatever Mary had intended for this story, uh, the story could be a you know a tale in which the children learn that in spite of what they've been told about you know keep out of your parents' affairs you know stop trying to you know help with this stop trying to do that in spite of that um, you really should you know, take action for yourself. And this could be that sort of a turning point where their inaction, which is a conscious sort of inaction mm-hmm. in the, the themed thing that I'm describing, um, their inaction uh, leads to another decision point. Like, hey, you know what? This business of letting the grown-ups do everything, this is just dumb. Well, we can um, help and we can. Now, I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying that's the way to go. I'm just saying that what you've described in that scene, uh, that could function as a turning point if this was the theme of the well, story. And that, that, uh, this, this is a good turning point for a lot of different themes. The, the way this book started, it was kind of kids in a new place and getting accustomed to strangeness. Going into a magical world is a wonderful way to get accustomed to strangeness. Yeah. And the kind of proactive behavior that they could learn from this yeah. would then help them in the real world. Right. I mean, if you were going to thematically tie that in, you start your first scene with them getting fed Chinese food having come in from America and saying, we hate this. Mm-hmm. We want our hamburgers. Um, you know, we don't want to try 
this this foreign culture food and things like that. That might and we don't be want to too make... heavy-handed, but it's yeah. middle grade. It might actually not be too heavy-handed at that point. That's the sort of thematic thing we're looking for for character personalities for the children. We talked a lot about last week. The children don't seem to have character arcs that match the the voyage yeah. discovery they're going on. Well, and I just want to go back to. I, I do suspect that we might want this point of decision to be earlier. Mm -hmm. If this is the end of Act 2, beginning of Act 3, then it might be a little late. Um, I like about, to have... Oh. I was just going to say very quickly, I like to have the movement from, inaction, from reaction to action come at about halfway through. Um, but the, thing Brandon just said, no. the thing Brandon just said about I don't want to eat this Chinese food, yeah. two or three times in the book, you've had them eating things or not eating things. You know, the mm -hmm. meal or, oh no, the food is poisoned has been significant. Um, if there's food in chapter one that they don't want to eat because it's Chinese food, you can weave that right in through the rest of the story. There is actually a pizza in the first scene that they are delighted at because their daddy's brought it home as a, a special pizza. treat. Oh, that's cool. Um, uh, one thing I want to talk about here, though, also, is why this v feels like an, a movement from act two to act three to me. Because Mary doesn't, you, you weren't thinking three acts with this. No, um, no, no. And um, <laughs> looking at it, Act two to act three, there are many things to signal it, but one of the main ones is that you are at a low point. Things have just gone horrible, and we seem like we're getting there. We we're going on our quest, things get tough, things get tough. Oh no, we just got completely blown out. You know, One of us has been kidnapped, the Monkey King's unconscious. This could be our low point, and the transition to act three is now we're going to suck it up, pull it together, and we're going to win this thing. Um, that's why it feels like the end of Act Two. Cool. Um, all right, let's do the next. The next um, four are pretty short. Okay. Why don't you just start into those? Okay, Chapter Eleven. Marie gets a forest spirit to help Wukong. Introspective time with Marie. Now that's actually all the outline says. I'm just yeah. going to cheat here, and say that what she's getting the forest spirit to help with is that Wukong's staff, which weighs a thousand pounds, is on him, and she can't get it off. And the forest spirit is a talking rock and a matchmaker and one of my favorite characters that I've ever written. Okay. Mm. Uh, chapter two, uh, uh, chapter, excuse me, chapter 12. Uh, this is from Kennedy's uh, POV. He meets the princess, Megao enters. The princess discovers answers to why Kennedy has some power over the demon. Okay. Chapter 13. Marie exchanges her name for Wukong's healing. She and Wukong make their way through the forest to the mountain. Chapter 14, they make plans to send Megao, uh, sorry, this Kennedy, Kennedy. this yep. is back to Kennedy. Uh, Kennedy and the princess make plans to send Megao to tell Wukong where they are. Megao climbs out the window. The demon comes and takes Kennedy away, mentions something that cues them that he has a sense of where his bones are. Kennedy tries to make a break for it. So what we are seeing here is our main characters becoming much more active. Mm -hmm. And I actually think this could be played right as... Act three is where the kids start becoming active. If you if you play your your story correctly, yeah. Um, the middle sequence then is very full of wonder and full of darkness, and the Monkey King, you know, kind of saving them and encouraging them to do things. And yeah, it, it could work. Well, mm -hmm. and I specifically like how the Monkey King is trapped, and yeah. one of the kids has to help him. You know, the roles have been reversed. The mentor is incapacitated. And they are forced to stand on their own feet now. Yeah, which the incapacitation them. of the mentor is another Act Three cue if you're doing yep. Hero's Journey. Yep. Um, and so this is these these are the best scenes I think I've seen um, in this outline right now. Uh, act Three really seems to be coming together. 
Um, I do kind of wonder things like, and maybe these will be explained, but you know, I'm hoping that her exchanging her name is going to come back as some sort of cost and some things like this, but we'll wait to see. Well, yeah. the other thing I want to mention here is that if this is Act 3, this is a lot of stuff and a lot of new stuff yeah. for a very long Act 3. That is yeah. true. And I'm a little worried about that. That is true. But if you're going to have an inactive Act 2, you can, you can end load Act 3, and I mm -hmm. think we're okay. Because these all, remember, listeners, these are all really arbitrary distinctions that help you yes. decide how to build your story. There are not rigid um, frameworks that you have to use. They are guidelines to help you view how to use your story. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having a really long Act 3 if you're, you're, you've, you've mm -hmm. had your, your Act 2 be what we've talked about. Uh, let's go on and do a couple more before we do our book okay. of the week. Let's, um, let's do two more. Uh, chapter 15. Miguel finds the girl in Wukong. And from this point forward, um, I never use Marie's name. Okay. Um, okay. Which, and so it's not that she told the forest spirit her name. It's that she is now nameless. Yes, okay. she is nameless. No one can remember what her name was. Okay. It, and, the and they can't hang a new name on her? She has no name. She is the girl. Okay. That's very nice. Um, or sometimes big sister, but that's mm -hmm. about it. Uh, Megao finds the girl in Wukung, tells them that Kennedy has been captured. She leads them to the palace. Murong and Pachia are waiting for them. Happy reunion. Murong has jumped from, the demon, from a demon to, the, to a tree, and Pachia plucked him from the treetop. They use the scroll and see the demon talking to minions. Chapter 16. The group is running through the palace. They find Kennedy. He says that he's escaped and offers to lead them to Alming. Let's go ahead and do one more. Chapter 17. They arrive at Alming's room and are reunited. Alming tells them that de the demon can tell where they are because of the bones. Wukung starts to destroy them, but it causes Kennedy horrible pain. Wukung recriminates himself for not being able to protect them, and Kennedy points out that their continued absence is liable to cause an international incident and suggests that Almin take them home while Wukung and Pachia battle the demon. Wukung agrees reluctantly, feeling awful that he has been unable to protect them. Okay. Um, actually, let's do one more because it's a nice stop point. Chapter uh, 18. Alming uses the sandalwood fan to return them to their home. I did actually establish that earlier. Okay. Their parents are frantic with worry. They threaten to ground them for life. Alming tells them much of the truth. The kids are sent to the room. Night falls. Okay. So, what are we feeling about this climax? How, how much is left? You would how be many, able to look at the chapters? book and find out that there are um, three more chapters left with some significant pages to them. Okay, now see, if this were my outline, mm -hmm. this is the big catastrophe that would cue a third act for me. That's okay. true. This is the point where I would think the, the, the chips are down and, and yeah, we're in serious Yeah, what we were calling trouble. an act three cue was really more of the act two pinch. Okay. So. Okay. Um, and so. But that's kind of arbitrary, like yeah, we said. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, not arbitrary. necessarily helping us the, uh, the, craft the, this, this thing. Though these are the beats of the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, so what else, what else are we seeing about this? Um, I like that the it it feels to me the reader like having the kids at home now is catastrophic because Marie went home without her name. Yep. And and I don't and know if that's come up yet. They've left the Monkey yet. King to fight without. They've, them. Yeah, they've left the Monkey King to fight without them. They've abandoned the course that they set out for, and and we did it, have a moment of decision where they're like, no, yeah. we need to go do this, and now. 
they've been persuaded to not it do it. It really, really feels like a, a defeat. It does, yeah. even though it's a, a victory. And when the lights go out, it's also very symbolic of, yeah. you know, we're grounded, the lights fade. The other, the other thing I'm suddenly very curious about is, do her parents know who she is? Are her parents still worried about her? If no one can remember her because she's lost her name, no, 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 they, they, they remember just her. can't remember her name. Okay, yeah. so she, people do remember her, yes. but it's not her name. Yeah. And does that affect her parents as well? Yeah. That's yes, awesome. everybody. These okay, are the sorts of that's awesome. Yeah. Um, it was really hard to write. <laughs> um, um, my feel as I'm reading through this as a reader, and this may be a good feel that you want, my feel is, wow, um, overcoming the problems has been really simple um, through a lot of this. Um, now, that might be appropriate for the book, but I feel, you know, conflicts are introduced and resolved, snap, 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 um, which, is, which is a little bit of a red flag for me. It, it would depend on how they're executed. Uh, that hasn't been worrying me thus okay. far yeah, because not in of an the outline. tone of this. One thing that does bother me is the one ongoing, we can't solve this dilemma that we do have is, should we go home? Should we stay? Our parents are worried about us. Yeah. What happened here is the international incident thing, which felt to me not only like a new conflict, but like a very adult conflict. Yeah. And I, oh, that seems very, very point, concerning yeah. in a middle grade that the thing that pulls them away from the adventure is boring old responsibility, you know? Aha. Okay. <laughs> That's actually okay, as you will see in a moment. Okay. Right. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's, um, let's stop for our book of the week. Our book of the week this week is Under Heaven by Guy Gavriel Kay. Um, Guy Gavriel Kay is one of my personal favorite writers. He is fantastic. Um, this book was nominated for the World Fantasy Award this year. It is... Um, Appropriate here because it is Chinese-based. It's not actually set in China. He usually sets 
um, his books and fantasy versions of Earth cultures. Yeah. Um, Secondary world fantasy yeah. with Earth cultural influence yep. in it's, the design. It's beautiful. Um, it's poetic and a way few, in a way that few people in fantasy can write. Um, it's also very engaging with great characters. Uh, can't recommend it enough. Head on out to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. You can uh, kick off a free 14-day trial membership. Uh, download a copy of Under Heaven by Guy Gabriel K. All right. Let's then go into the, um, the last three chapters mm-hmm. all at once um, as all we right. go into our real climax. Chapter 19. Wukong and Pachia burst into the demon's inner sanctum and find Kennedy. They look in the scroll and see the demon in the apartment. And I should explain that the scroll, and I set this up earlier, shows someone's true nature. Mm-hmm. So, and we've, you've very well established the demon imitates people. Yep. So that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a great little twist. Um, um, so chapter 20, they fly to the apartment, battle there. It's not in the outline, but Marie actually figures out that it's not her brother moments okay. before they arrive. Um, the demon escapes with the princess and the baby in tow. The princess, thinking quickly, tosses a thread or water sleeve to Wukong. Using the thread, they're able to fly after them and track the demon to the lair. Or Kennedy uses tea leaves to figure out where they've gone. I think I actually did the tea leaves. Okay. Um, chapter 21. The bone demon keeps the bronze pot, um, which he needs to put the baby in in order to have immortal life. Okay. Is this the, the baby sister? This is the baby sister. This is the giant overarching plot right. thing that I is completely not in <laughs> the outline at all. Absent from the <laughs> yeah. outline. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But I assume we'd get a lot of that in the chapters with Kennedy and. Yeah. The but demon you've got a monkey guy. and you've got a demon putting a baby in a pot. I'm in. All right then. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the Tastes bone demon like needs baby. the uh, the bron- keeps the bronze pot on a high shelf dur- in his lair. During the battle, the Monkey King and the Bone Demon are fighting to a draw. The Bone Demon knocks the uh, the Monkey King's staff out of his hands. Uh, Kennedy tosses it back to Wukong, but it hits the Bone Demon, and he flies into separate pieces, but immediately reassembles. Wukong flips over to stand in front of Kim- Kennedy and asks him to hold the back of the staff, but to stay behind Wukong. Wukong hits the w- Bone Demon again, um, but since they are in the bone demon's lair, the seat of the, his power, the same thing happens. He disassembles and reassembles. Again, Monkey King deals a mighty blow so that the bone demon's head lands at Marie's feet. She picks it up, and, as, and the rest of his body reassembles without the head. The headless body starts toward her, and she su- shoots it like a basketball, which I established that she plays, and scores. When the head lines, lands in the pot, the rest of the bone demon's body collapses into pieces. Okay. Chapter, do you want the Yeah, this is just the last Chapter 22. They make a quick stop to regain Marie's name. They return home. Funny scene trying to explain everything. Pachia is introduced to pizza happily ever after. Okay. All right, guys. So let's talk about this. I am super glad that the pig guy got to eat a pizza. (laughs) (laughs) That's been a really nice running theme. So (laughs) that is, that actually is good. Um, Okay. The. (laughs) <laughs> okay, the, 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 the staff. Yeah. yeah. We had a whole subplot where the staff was too heavy to lift, and now Kennedy's throwing it across the room. Is um, there an explanation that I missed? Uh, he, he does not actually toss it back. Uh, use the word toss. He kicks it back. Um, it weighs 1,000 pounds. It weighs 1,000 pounds. It, the explanation, which is buried in, and not in the outline, 
is that Kennedy um, is turning into a demon because of... Oh, okay. okay. That's and, awesome. I'll accept that. Yeah, and, okay. and so there is a ticking clock as well, which is totally not in the outline. Okay. Um, one big thing that I would suggest to you mm -hmm. is that I feel like the princess and Ao Ming need to be combined as a character. Oh, interesting. Because Wait, we the have... princess and Ao Ming are the same character. Oh, really? Yes. Ha-ha! <laughs> okay! Brandon, well you're, you're brilliant. Okay. Excellent dis uh, okay. I didn't I get that either, actually. Okay. No, that's I got it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Howard thinks okay. he's so smart. Well, no, I, she said Ao Ming, and I thought, who's Ao Ming? Oh, that must be the princess. Okay. Oh, yep, that's the princess. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. About. All right. Well, well cool. there you go. Uh, <laughs> um, another red flag that popped up to me yeah. was our one of our very favorite conflicts was she doesn't have a name. And then yeah. I think the outline said, quick, stop off to get her name again, which felt really easy. Yeah, the, the, the quick stop is... Um, you know the, what? The, Let's not explain. Yeah. That's, you can say, I, I think agree. I explained that. Yes. You, you can yeah. say that, but really, we're just raising red flags here. Yeah, Don't take these as, as yeah. challenges. A lot of the lines in here become really in-depth yeah, things, and, but that yeah. is a red flag to us. Yes. My concern with it in the outline is that if it's big enough to be interesting, it's too far after that fight. Well, it, unless it there's something before the end of the in book. the fight that establishes how she can get it back. Well, exactly. You know, she goes and trades the bone demon's head for her name. Um, yeah. Something like that could be very appropriate. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm liking this ending. I think the the beginning of the book really, really um, was where the outline had problems. Uh, the endings really seeming to come together to me. Um, the the things like the basketball uh, will really depend on how it's um, how it's it's portrayed in the novel up to this point. I'm mm. not sure I I like basketball unless it's used repeatedly. Um, the, the idea for, for you listeners is this, this whole concept of, um, you know, use something three times mm -hmm. before it becomes important at a pivotal moment in the plot. Um, she, using her basketball or liking basketball, needs to be a repeated theme mm -hmm. of who she is. Um, and if you're going to build that as she is the athletic one, then that also needs to be part of who she is all the way along. So when this moment comes, she is able to actually, you know, do something awesome. Yeah. She comes home from school in her basketball uniform and you know it, it is an ongoing theme now i don't understand why she you know so she shoots she scores is it going into the bronze pot yeah. which then kills him yeah okay um so yeah that 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 could work really well so the baby's already comes. out of the pot uh he has not put the baby into the pot yet he's <sighs> sorry i i'm not 100 percent sure what i think of the baby um one of my worries getting here um, is now that you, this is all coming out, that there might actually be too much going mm, on yeah. in this book because of the, how strange the culture is, how mm -hmm. many, you know, it's strange to us. It's not, yeah. it, how strange it is, mixed with the mythological elements, mixed with all of these wacky characters, mixed with the whimsical sense of we go here and we discover something new, we go here we discover something new, with the, the kind of MacGuffin of both get to the princess and get the baby and, you know, all of these things. I wonder if it's not focused enough. Well, yeah. then let's add on top of that. This is something I'm conflicted over. This is a horrific book when you really look at what's going on. They're collecting body parts. I think that's They're, fine. Oh, it's <laughs> wonderful. It's really cool. But it's just one more thing that just on and on every chapter, you know, they break this guy into a hundred pieces three times in this book. That's uh, true. Their baby sister's getting kidnapped. A boy is kidnapped and replaced by a demon. And then 
you know, is turning into a demon. There's all this stuff. Yeah, that the boy is turning into a demon cool, is yet another thing that very may be too much. Psychologically, very steep. I'm just yeah. pointing that out. You know, a, a thought. Um, uh, I hate to replace the baby with something else, but if the demon's plot involves collecting something personal from Marie from the real world and collecting Marie's name. Well, what if she... That the no, demons, no, no, no. The, I think getting the name, getting something from each of these kids. He's getting the kid's soul somehow, which is turning him into a demon, and he's got her name. He's tricked her into giving up her name. He's going to use those to get immortality. It becomes more personal to them, hmm. and it allows your kind of overlapping conflict of we turn him human again, she gets her name back, overlapping oh, yeah. with well, all of this. Yeah. The, the other problem with the baby, I think, is um, why the baby and why this baby? That, yeah. If there's an explanation for that, then it makes these kids... You know, is it purely coincidence that the sisters, the brother and sister of the one baby that will make him immortal happen to end up in the magic land? No. Or did the demon king trick them into coming into the magic land so that he could do this to them? Mm. Or is it he needs to collect one thing each from three siblings and here's three yeah. siblings? Do you want the answer? I'd love an answer. So the answer is the baby was born on a propitious day, a propitious hour, the right baby. Okay. Um, the cats were charged to bring the baby back and got up there and were like, we can't do this. We don't have opposable thumbs. And um, So the cats are evil? No. The cats it, thought that the bone demon was their master. Yes, the cats oh. thought the bone demon was their master. <laughs> and so the cats bring the kids back. Okay. Thinking that, that their master, who they think is a good person, can just explain to them what they need and that they can go back and, and the And the kids baby. can go get the baby. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I understand. Okay. That actually makes the baby thing work a lot better for me. I'm still honestly, not sold on the baby because personally. Because especially if that conversation happens right at the beginning. Yeah, and the conflict that I have with the kids is that it's the brand new baby and they feel like not only are we in a brand new place, but we're being completely neglected. This is... Um, that for, for mm -hmm. Marie. That, that does make it work much better, though. It is basically the plot of Labyrinth. Yeah. Um, which is a classical plot of this style, so... Yep. Um, you're sharing a lot of things with Labyrinth, um, not too much, but that, that is... Not enough know. that I'd worry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know the sister who's jealous of the baby, it, it is basically mm -hmm. the plot of... Um, a lot of different things. ...of the, the first Terry Pratchett YA book also. Yeah. Um, but, but, hey, it, that means it's a good one, right? Um, I do think we've gone way long on this. Mary, thank you. Oh, did you have something, Howard? You were... Nope. Okay. Nope. You, thank you for offering yourself up um, yes. for, for the chopping block. Um, I actually really want to see you do this book. Um, <laughs> and uh, you are going to post the first chapter. That's right. I'm going to post the, um, the outline so you guys can follow along, which we probably should have set up front. And <laughs> 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 Whoops. And, um, and I'm also going to post, I'm going to go ahead and post the first three chapters. For okay. You. Okay. Howard, writing prompt. Um, since it's likely that I'm not going to get exactly what I want from Mary, <laughs> give us a monkey a bronze pot, a baby, and pizza in completely different situations than what we've just heard. All right. This has been Writing Excuses. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. 
They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus. Locus. 